Hey, bowlers, Bowling This Month is back. Bowling This Month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at BowlingThisMonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also, check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond, on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me today on the Above180.com podcast is John Burkett. John is a former Major League Baseball player, now a member of the PBA 50. John, Tim Burke here. Thanks for joining me again. My pleasure, Tim. All right, thought we'd get you on. Last we had talked, you're getting ready to bowl some of the PBA 50 events. You bowled a summer swing. Been doing a lot of bowling over this last year. So the PBA 50 tour, Let's first off, let's talk about how would you grade yourself as far as how you've done at some of the events? Well, um, you know, I'm happy, I guess, with how I've done. But, you know, there's still a lot, lot, lot more, uh, more to go. You know, I, really feel like, uh, I really feel like I have the potential to win. So that's kind of what my ultimate goal is. But uh, I haven't, haven't obviously done that yet. So, so what was it like to actually lead the after the first round in Vegas when you saw your name at the top of the board with the likes of you know Pete Weber below you and Walter and Norm and the like? I mean, I think that's I think that's whenever I finally realized that you know I belong there. Uh, you know, whenever I had that the round in uh, the U.S. Open. You know, a very tough condition, and and I was able to you know put a big block together and and uh, be at the top, yeah, you know, before the last squad bowled actually. But but yeah, just to see your name at the top at any point in one of those tournaments, let alone the U.S. Club, but, you know, that definitely was a confidence builder for me. All right, well, let's talk about what parts of your game are you still thinking you need to improve on that you're still trying to fine tune and, and are you working with anyone? I know we had talked last year doing some stuff at the, uh, at the training center in Arlington. Are you still doing some stuff there? Or do you have a, a different coach who you're working with and, and what are you working on? I've never really had an official coach that, uh, that's worked with me. I think people have just been nice enough to, uh, you know, give me a little pointer here and there. Rod Ross is uh, down at the training center. He's, you know, given me his opinion and some things that have helped and, uh, with Storm, being with Storm staff, uh, you know, Del Ballard and, and uh, Jimmy Callahan and uh, 
and uh, Tim Mack. You know, those guys have so much knowledge. I mean, just to be able to pick their brains uh, at lunch or dinner, you know, has, has been a big help too. So no real official coaches, but I've been getting plenty of help from people. So at and, what- uh, you know, it's been a big boost, you know, to my confidence and everything to be able to get some feedback from those guys. So at what point on the on the tour when you're out bowling with these guys, because I know the last time we had mentioned how, you know, the guys are giving you a little bit of tips here and there, like what you're saying. At what point did they say, holy crap, we better, we might want to cool it because this guy's actually going to be, be <laughs> taking, taking our checks away from us pretty quick. Nobody's been like that. I, I kind of, uh, kind of was waiting for that to, to happen, but guys have been just really cool. You know, it's, it's not really uh, cutthroat out there. Guys are very competitive, just like I am. But I think it's, I mean, I've, the, the feedback I've gotten has been more, uh, you know, guys just very supportive of me and what I'm doing out there. And they're glad that I'm a part of it. And they've realized that I'm out there to compete, you know, just like they are. I'm not out there to get any, you know, special attention or uh, anything like that. You know, I'm a bowler, not a baseball player at this point in my life. And they all they all like to talk about baseball, and I don't want to talk about bowling. So I think they've kind of figured out that I really uh, am serious about this thing. It's funny you say that because two of the stars of the PBA 50, Kevin uh, Kevin Croucher and Chris Warren, are two guys who are helping me along with my game. And I'm the same way with them. Uh, I'll go up there and I want to talk bowling, and they're wanting to talk golf or anything but bowling. Um, so right. I, I get what you're saying, but then they're along the same way. They're willing to help anyone who's willing to put in the time to and the effort to practice and that are that are looking for help so i I also see what you're saying and and um and they're the exact same way and they do a lot you know a lot for me and a lot for the youth up in uh you know southern oregon and and the centers there i'll do a great job to help people out you mentioned your storm uh contract talk about how that all came about i know we had talked and when we discussed your arsenal you were throwing you know mostly storm and roto grip what was the final uh you know final kind of step that put you over the top and, and sign, you know, had you sign the contract with Storm? Uh, well, I think it was probably, uh, you know, Del Ballard getting in their ear a little bit and uh, probably talking to Bill Christman a little bit. And uh, I think Tim Mack and Jim Callahan, after they saw me bowl uh, a couple times, I think they probably had something to do with it also. But like you said, I've been using mostly Storm and Rotor Grip anyway. And, uh, yeah, I was just purchasing the balls on my own, and I think that they had yeah, decided that they would help me out a little bit and, and uh, throw me some free rocks, which I'm not going to complain about. <laughs> it's a nice thing to have. You know, that you can, it's a very, very nice convenience to have that whenever you need a ball, you don't have to really think about you know, the money part of it. Uh, you just you know, ask them nicely, and they uh, usually oblige and, and take care of me. So that's, that's been a great thing. So let's talk about what happened in Lubbock when you were bowling uh, the tournament down there not too too long ago. Wow, I mean, it, what an experience that was! I I wasn't happy with the way I bowled. I started out really struggling, and uh, I was thirty under after four games. And Anthony Lavery Spar, I'm crossing with, he's two hundred and twenty over after four, leading it. And uh, we have five games to go. I never quit, so I'm grinding, and uh, you know I end up bowling better. The last five games, and I shot a uh, hundred and something over the last five, and I ended up at seventy-five over. And I look at the look at the board. We have one hundred and seventy-eight total entries. We have two squads, so we have another squad coming in. 
and you figure, you know, they're taking 59 cashers. So you figure you have to be 29th or 30th. And, uh, you know, if you want to stretch it out a little bit, maybe 34th or something like that might have a chance. But I'm 40th in the squad, 39th or 40th in the squad. And I think 30th at the time I looked, 30th after our squad was 134 over. So I'm 60 pins behind that number. And I'm thinking, yeah, there's no way I'm going to make the cut. So I get in my car and I drive home. And a uh, four-and-a-half-hour drive. And I get about three-and-a-half hours into it, and I get a couple texts saying, hey, you know, you got a chance to make the cut. And I thought, come on, these guys are kidding around. So I turn on extra frame, and I see, uh, in fact, after six games, the number was plus 50, or no, plus 66, I think. I know, it was plus 56. Then after seven games, it went to 64. And after eight games, it went back to 56. <laughs> so I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is going to happen. And it ends up at plus 66, and I'm one inside the number. I end up 58. I thought for a second, hey, I'm just going to chill out here, find out what my options are, you know, maybe just take my check and stay home. But immediately after that, I thought to myself, you know, I'm here to, I'm here to bowl, you know, and I thought about as far as, uh, you know, the respect for the game and, you know, the guys, the players, and I just felt like I should, I should do everything I can to get there. So I looked at flights. There was no flights that were going early in the morning or late that night. So the only option was to get, I took a little nap. Uh, it was about 11.30. I slept till 2.30. So I took a three-hour nap, and I was on the road by quarter to three, three o'clock, and got there at 7.30 for the 8.30 squad. And I improved seven spots and $5. <laughs> well, so Financially, it wasn't a good decision, but, uh, but I would do the same thing again. I, I definitely think I did the right thing. I couldn't look at people in the face, you know, now that I skipped out on the last, you know, with a chance to win. I mean, you always have a chance to win, and I believe in myself. And I thought, you know, I could throw a big block and, you know, put myself in, in the in the high. And after two games of the cashers round, I shot two, I think I shot 214 with a chop 36 and a 10. So I had, you know, 230 going, and I shot 266 the second game, and I jumped all the way to 34th, so. Uh, I was starting to believe, but then the lanes really transitioned quickly. It's, a, it's amazing. I mean, when these young kids, the difference between the senior tour and the regular tour, uh, just how they chop the lanes up. And uh, I got confused for a couple games there. Shot like 130. I, th- I think I shot 170, 130. And then uh, in all splits, I, didn't say spare. I think I chopped a bucket in the 10th frame at the 130 game. But uh, I shot 240 and uh, 180, I think the last two. And like you said, you've learned a valuable lesson that uh, you never, never want to leave an event early, even when you're just in case, right? Just, just hang out, sit, sit in the bar, relax, have a, you know, have a. Yeah, I don't think I'll do that again. (laughs) Uh, Just because of that, the fact that you have to make that decision. Yeah, I just wouldn't, and I, I also figured out the, the decision that I would make. So. You know, I know that I, I wouldn't, I just couldn't live with myself to not go and have to look at people in the face and say, hey, you know, he made the cut and didn't go. Yeah. He didn't come back from cash this round. So I just couldn't do that to those guys or to myself, you know, or to PDA. I just thought it was the right thing to do. And then when I decided that it was the right thing to do, I just did it. 
Awesome, John. Why not? Now, now in the future, I can avoid that situation by just staying, like just, you said. Yeah, just it's staying. It's funny because I already paid for my hotel room for the night, too. But I still uh, <laughs> Well, a lot of times after we bowl, after we feel like we didn't bowl as as well as we'd have liked to, it's just our thought, our immediate thought is to just get away, get put that thought out of the back, right. you know, get out of there, get out, get the thought out of our, you know, the bad experience out of our memory, sure. so we can move forward. Move on, yeah. You earned a lot of respect from the bowlers by going back and doing that. When, like you said, you knew it, it ended up being only a five dollar, you know, five dollar uh, difference in prize funds. So. Right. Right. So well, I didn't know that going in, but yeah, I obviously made a decision based on uh, what I thought was right and what the professional thing is to do, and that, that's to go back and compete, you know, with everybody else. I, I just had to do everything I could, you know, to get to get there. So, uh, fortunately, I uh, didn't fall asleep at the wheel, and everything worked out. <laughs> and uh, you know, and I got the bowl, and you know, a little bit more experience for me, and. You know, the money is not the reason why I'm doing it. It's, to, you know, to get better and try to, you know, actually win one of these things somewhere. Hey, John, how, how did your uh, how'd your USBC Open experience go in El Paso? Uh, I actually struggled, I thought, the entire time. and uh, But I, I bowled decent in team. I think I shot 618 in team, 620-something in doubles. And I was completely lost in singles and shot 497. Really struggled in singles, obviously. But uh, but I would go. I, would, I have a group of guys from Pittsburgh that I grew up bowling with: uh, Tommy Stasero and Luis Stasero and Steve Casella. Uh, you know, we just have a good time every year uh, bowling together. So that's really why I go and. Uh, you know, I want to compete, do and do well, but this year it just didn't work out. Well, the lanes were tricky too. I think for everyone, everyone involved. I mean, watching some of the teams, even the yeah, they got a little goofy at the end. I mean, you know, the singles usually get easier, but man, they were really tough for me. Uh, in the singles event. Well, and even watching uh, the most recent live uh, live stream that was on all John Zerbinski and the the Wichita State folks. I thought they were throwing the ball excellent, and you know they still could, you know, muster, you know, a thirty, you know, a thirty-two hundred, nothing, nothing, uh, a, right. a great score at that. But it's it's like you go back and you know you wow, I mean it really, uh, you know, takes that the, you know, what the team NABR did and Adam Barta and his crew, um, just what they did, and I think you know I think that number is going to hold up as the tournament winds down here, over the next couple of weeks, but. John, I just wanted to catch up with you. Like I said, it's been a while, and we kind of keep in touch on, on social media. You can follow John on Twitter, at Berkey33. John, one final question. Can we expect to see you at the World Series of Bowling this year in Reno? I haven't, I haven't decided yet, but, uh, but there's yeah, a really good chance I'll be there. All right, John. Well, take care, and uh, we'll talk. If there's ever anything right, you know I can do, let me know, okay? Yeah, thanks for having me. I always like being on, so... I like your show. I always, always listen. So it's nice to be on every once in a while.